Hi, welcome to Around Town, where we seek to discover insights into places, events, topics, and issues that you want to know about in our great city. I'm your host, Nick Berkfeld, with producer Chuck Luck. Today, we'll be talking with TTU HSC President Lori Rice Spearman. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thrilled to be here, Nick. Thank you for the invitation. What's your connection to Lubbock? So in the early 1980s, I was so excited to get to come to Lubbock, Texas and go to Texas Tech. I am a first-generation college student, so my mom and dad packed me into my little yellow Camaro and pointed me towards Lubbock and said, Honey, good luck. If you don't go through Seminole, you're lost, and be sure and call your mom on Sunday. (laughs) So this was before cell phones and uh, before parents moved you into your dorm room, and I fell in love with Lubbock, Texas, and haven't left. What was it like when you first got here? Well, I had come to Lubbock throughout my childhood. This was coming to the big city. I was born in Stanton, Texas, and raised in Odessa, and so our family regularly came up here for Texas Tech football games throughout my entire childhood. You've spent a lot of your life in West Texas. Do you feel as though that's because the values out here represent you? Oh, absolutely. My father came from Oklahoma. We're Native American. We're Chickasaw. My grandfather, my papa, moved them into West Texas in the 1940s. They all were entrepreneurs. He worked for the railroad. He worked with family members who started their own small businesses. My father, when he grew up, was one of those individuals who started a small business around the petroleum and oil and gas world. And so I grew up very much with that entrepreneurial, small business, grit, determination is a every day part of our family. You spent a lot of time in a auto parts warehouse as a kid. Can you talk about that? So Sam Ross Auto Parts, my first job was there, and my job was to clean the spit off the lids of the trash cans. You had to work your way up, and only when you did that job well did you get promoted to other positions. I got my hardship driver's license at 14 and started delivering auto parts all over Odessa, Texas. You know, one of my favorite stories I like to tell is I was in an unair conditioned pickup truck. I had my 32-ounce styrofoam cup drink with a what we call a snake charmer. It was really a sawed-off shotgun underneath the front seat of the truck. And my daddy would send me out, and I would deliver engines and transmissions and oil filters and things. But what I learned during that time period forever changed how I build relationships and how I work with people even today. When you were first going to tech, did you have some ideas about what you wanted to pursue after college? I absolutely did. I loved science, all things science. One of my mother's stories that she tells is one Christmas, I got the Susie Bake Oven and my brother got the chemistry set. And by the end of the day, we had switched. And he's a phenomenal baker (laughs) and cook. And I was burning things up and making potions and looking at things under the little monocular scope. So I have always been very curious why things work the way they do, what happens with the human body when it's in a normal state and a disease state. Very early on, I knew I was going to pursue something in the medical sciences. When you reflect on how you and your brother grew up, what were the types of things that your parents wanted to instill in you? Both my mom and dad were always involved in the community. Our weekends were usually with mom and dad somewhere, volunteering, Even as my brother and I were involved in activities, as young adults usually are, mom and dad were also committed and involved with us. And so it really instilled in me how important it is to give back to your community, to embed yourself in your children's activities and in their communities. And both my parents worked. My mother was an equal partner in my father's business. And so they were hard workers, very busy, but always had time to be involved in the community and with my brother and I. After graduation, what was next? 
I fell in love with this guy, Doug Spearman. We had met in a chemistry class at Odessa College. We started doing homework together and found out that there was definitely some chemistry. (laughs) And we've just celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary. After college, married, I think I graduated in June and had my first baby in July. What were some considerations about where y'all wanted to live after that? I had just graduated from the Health Sciences Center in its very first class of students. And so there was a great deal of opportunity here for me. And then my husband started out as an RN before he went into administration. We knew that Lubbock was becoming a medical hub. And there was just a lot of opportunity here for us to stay and build careers. He went to work for, at the time, was called Charter Plains Hospital that was out on North Quaker. I went to work for, at the time, what was Methodist Hospital. What was it like to raise a family here in Lubbock? I tell people all the time, there is no better place to raise a family than Lubbock, Texas. The values that were instilled in my children, the sense of community. My children had a wonderful childhood growing up here, lifelong friends. I feel like I did my job. All three of them are Red Raiders as well. I counted one day in the family, and I think between the Hill Sciences Center and Texas Tech, we think there's 11 degrees between all of us from undergrad and graduate school and all the different areas. And my children have very fond memories of growing up here in Lubbock, Texas. What was family time like for y'all? We were a busy family. All three of the children participated in all kinds of organized sports, Boy Scouts, dance. They did several things. We were just always busy. My parents, when they would come up and visit, would say, oh, my goodness, we're going home. Y'all worked us to death while we're here. So very active and very involved in the community. You mentioned Methodist Hospital. What was that like working there and the experiences that you had in your first job after undergrad? I was very fortunate to have some very early mentors in my medical laboratory science career. There was very much a sense, and it's still a sense to this day, of professionalism when you train the next generation of health sciences center providers. I was very fortunate to be amongst a group of medical laboratory scientists who loved their jobs, were committed to patient care, really was able to see that professionalism and that pride in their profession and making sure that we were caring for the people of West Texas. From there, how did you start to get involved in administrative work? I was that kid in high school when there was a project that needed to be done. They would say, let's put Lori in charge of the project. It was just something that I always did. And I don't know if that's being raised in a small business where we were very oriented towards, here's your project, manage it. My dad was very much that way. Here's your job I'm going to give you to do and make sure that we got it done. And so I just always had a project management type of personality. You never know what you're going to learn when you have an experience, even the hard experiences. And so I feel like from high school on, I was just putting tools in my toolbox and didn't realize it with all of these life experiences that I was having, the hard ones and the easy ones. That has just become a part of my toolbox that has served me well throughout my career. What are some efforts that you were involved in early on that you still reflect upon professionally? I was part of the transition team when Methodist started looking at merging with St. Mary's. We used to do everything on paper in the hospital. Then when this thing came along called a computer and we started building information systems within the computer, all of that had to be built manually. So I was part of that team who helped build some of that infrastructure of the hospital information system and how the laboratory interfaced with that. And then when I came to the Health Sciences Center, 
we made a commitment because there was such a shortage of healthcare providers of how we were going to really open up the pipeline, start really educating as many people as we could for West Texas, being a part of some of those early initiatives and doing that. How would you compare and contrast the cultural differences between those two institutions when you switched over? My husband also was at one time associated with St. Mary's when St. Mary's was that part. One of the funny stories he tells is that there was a sister, one of the nuns who had the office next to him, and she held the holy water in her office. And he said, I would always feel very like, okay, I'm in a good place today because sister so-and-so is next door and she has the holy water. I think we're good. (laughs) So that was a non-for-profit type of environment. And then when I came over to Texas Tech, I was very comfortable with that state-supported, state-funded type of environment, very focused on academic health care and that area of building the next generation of healthcare providers. And we'll be right back with Lori to continue our conversation on Around Town on 89.1. Welcome back to Around Town. We're speaking with HSC President Lori Rice Spearman. You mentioned being part of the first class for your program at the Health Sciences Center. When you think about that initial class and where the Health Sciences Center is today, how do you compare it? The very first program at the Health Sciences Center was the School of Medicine, and then quickly the School of Nursing and what was in the School of Allied Health Sciences followed after that. And so I was in the very first class in the School of Allied Health Sciences, and there was five of us. It was me and Richard, Polly, Bob, and Sarah. The five of us were in a very small classroom next to the morgue in the basement of the Health Sciences Center. What a wonderful experience that was and what a bonding experience that was for the five of us. We're now spread out all over the nation. During that time period, the enrollment at the Health Sciences Center in the early days was around 200 students. This last fall, we broke over 5,000 students at the Health Sciences Center. So over the 54-year history of the Health Sciences Center, you can see how the singular mission of the Health Sciences Center around access to care has really grown and has this tremendous impact now, not just in West Texas, but we're the largest health-related institution in the state, and we provide more health care providers than any other health-related institution in Texas. After working at the Health Sciences Center, at what point did you realize that that was an organization that you wanted to grow with? So I'm going to go back a little bit, Nick, and talk a little bit about my why. In Odessa, Texas, in the 1980s, access to health care was a real challenge. Most of us who have been raised in West Texas have, at some point or another, had a family member who wasn't able to access the care they needed here and had to travel many long distances. So one of the stories I tell is when I was three years old, I had to have surgery. Well, there wasn't a pediatric surgeon. So my parents were faced with the decision of either having to drive to the Dallas-Fort Worth area or bring a surgeon in. I was very fortunate to have a benefactor there in the Permian Basin. Pediatric surgeon was brought in so that I could have the life-saving surgery that I needed at the time. Fast forward, my grandmother was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, a very unusual type of thyroid cancer. She was not able to get the care she needed in the Permian Basin. So our family made the decision that so many have to make going back and forth, Houston and Odessa, Houston and Odessa, and the hardship that that creates for families. And so throughout my life, I have always had this passion around access to care and helping people get access to that care. When I came to the Health Sciences Center, that is one of the foundational missions 
of our institution is building access to care for rural communities. It's not just the rural communities. It's the ranching communities of Amarillo and all around that area and out here in the agriculture area and the epicenter of oil and gas down in the Permian Basin. If it's my last breath, it will be making sure that those people get the access to health care that they deserve. You've heard our chancellor speak often about we provide the food, fiber, and fuel for the state of Texas and beyond, and the people who do that deserve outstanding health care. Over the years, you've taken a number of leadership positions at the Health Sciences Center, each one larger and more consequential than the last. What does that say about you and your experiences and what it is like to work with you? I hope it means that I know how to build strong teams, effective teams. And I'm always very focused on what it's like to build a team and make sure that we have a team that brings everybody to the table and that we all seniorly understand our mission. From very early on, I've built two first-in-the-nation programs, one at an undergraduate level and one at a graduate level, where other individuals would say, how did you do that? Why is that at Texas Tech Health Sciences Center? And it's understanding that I absolutely didn't have to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, I'm often not, but I know how to build a team and help people find a path to build relationships and work together. And so I would like to say that that's tools that I've had in my toolbox that have allowed me to continue to take bigger leadership roles as my careers evolved. How would you describe your leadership philosophy? Absolutely service-oriented. I am one of those individuals who believes in developing people and hiring good people. I always make sure that they're aligned with our values-based culture that's very important to our Health Sciences Center and giving them the tools they need to be successful. So oftentimes a meeting with my team will be hearing their updates and then making sure I end every meeting with, do you have the tools you need for the outcome that we're hopeful for? What else do you need to be successful? Because my job is to serve them. What does it mean for the Health Sciences Center to be a values-based organization? Oh, it's critical. It gives us a common vocabulary. It also sets the tone of how we work with each other and how we work with our community partners. We are a very complex health-related institution. We sit in major communities all across West Texas. We serve 108 counties. Our community relationships are the foundation of who we are as a university and our patients and our students that we serve. That values-based culture across over 5,000-plus employees really allows us to have the same language. We all know what it means when we say, wow, someone went beyond service, or we need to have a critical conversation. It has just really allowed us to screen our employees in a way to make sure that we're hiring individuals who understand who we are and what we do and that they're aligned with how we're going to conduct ourselves every day at work. We were just named one of the best colleges to work for, and we're very proud of that. And we actually made the honor roll. We were identified in eight categories. And so our faculty and our staff have an investment and understand the mission and the vision of the Health Sciences Center. When you became the president of the Health Sciences Center, there was a whirlwind of activity going on, both during the pandemic as well as for the university and changing leadership. As you look back on that period in time, How do you make sense of it now? Nick, a whirlwind. (laughs) That's a great way to describe it. Very early in 2019, we could see what was happening on both coasts. 
we knew that we had to assemble the best team that we could assemble and make the best decisions that we could every morning with the information that we had that day because information was coming out at a breakneck speed. We had a whole team that was dedicated to just scrubbing the evidence-based research for the previous 24 hours so that we could inform our clinical and medical teams and our academic teams on the best way that we were going to care for our patients. As I mentioned, we are a rural academic health center, and so our faculty were the tipping point. We met every morning, and we had the team report on what the latest information was. We always looked at resources because we were in rural communities. Our resources were very scarce initially, and so we called our Apollo 13 moment where we would throw everything on the table, and we would say, okay, this is what we have for the day. This is the best way we can utilize these tools to serve our communities. And every day when we did that, we built new community partners who would come to us. The West Texas Aviators reached out and said, hey, we hear what y'all are trying to do out in Monahans and Pecos, Texas. We'll fly whatever it is that you guys are making. We were making our own face shields and our own equipment, ventilator adaption and all that. And we'll fly it out there to support y'all. So we just had those kind of experiences that have informed how we now move forward as a health sciences center in building collaboration and what happens when you... You forget about all the other things and you deeply collaborate with your community and other stakeholders. A lot of the skills when you became president were about crisis leadership. How do you think about your experience now and what you're able to focus on versus when you first got into this position? So about six months into the pandemic, we decided as a leadership team what we call our crucible moment. We can choose to survive or we can take what we're learning and choose to thrive. And that really, I think, helped encourage the team to realize, okay, I'm not going to go to work today and just be in survival mode. We're going to go to work today and we're going to do what we have to do. We're going to work as a team to thrive in this environment and figure out what we can do to best serve those that we serve. For us, that mental transition and the leadership it took really helped set the tone for our university of how we were going to come through and how we were going to pivot and support our faculty and our staff and teach differently than we've ever taught before and really leverage what we've learned, those tools to take us forward as a health sciences center. And we'll be right back with Lori to continue our conversation on Around Town on 89.1. Welcome back to Around Town. Our guest today is HSC President Lori Rice-Spearman. Programming at the Health Sciences Center has really expanded a lot over time. What are some programs that you are especially proud of and that a lot of people don't know about? So I really would like to kind of break it down into three buckets, if that's okay, Nick. And first, we'll talk about the academic piece of it. Our School of Nursing was recently ranked number one in Texas and number one in the Southwest, number three in the nation. Our employers regularly recognize the caliber and quality of our graduates and the impact they make in the community where they serve. So we're very proud of our faculty and our staff in the School of Nursing and what they are doing to really provide a high-quality product from our nursing school. Our School of Medicine was recently ranked for how we produce primary care providers and the impact they're having in the communities where they serve. Our pharmacy school was also ranked. We have several programs within the School of Health Professions that were ranked, physical therapy, occupational therapy, medical laboratory science. Our speech, language, and hearing science is going on 16 years of a 100% pass rate. So we just have outstanding faculty. Many faculty said, you know, I came here early in my career and I was only going to 
stay three or five years to build my resume and then I was going to move on and I'm celebrating my 25th anniversary. So it's one of those places that's a special place to work. Our students that we specifically recruit have a heart for access to care and rural health care. We tell our students, look right and look left. Your job is not to compete with the individuals on each side of you. Your job is to work together as a team to have the best education you can and graduate and be the highest caliber of professional that you can be. You've had a lot of success in creating and sustaining new programs. What are some tips that you have for how to create a success? Successful program. For a program that's never been done before, we do a lot of gap analysis. What is missing? We look at it from the communities we serve to just overall in healthcare. For example, in the early 2000s, we knew that molecular sciences were going to be very critical in diagnostic medicine. Those programs did not exist in the nation at that time. They were being used in research, but they had not made the transfer over into a diagnostic setting. So we set about building a national team to build the first in the nation graduate level molecular diagnostic program that's still going today. Many of our graduates now lead laboratories across the nation in that area, but that was a gap analysis where we saw where healthcare was headed and what was needed. So we're doing very similar things right now across our institution, looking at where's the gaps, particularly out here in rural West Texas, but can we create models then that can be applied in other settings? What are some of the trends that are happening right now to healthcare that you're keeping aware of and watching? Healthcare is moving towards what we are calling a technology-enabled healthcare ecosystem. What are we doing within our three areas of the Health Sciences Center to ensure that we are creating, number one, graduates who understand the value of that technology and how it will inform their practice? The foundational infrastructure of our research, is it ready for high-performance computing and data management and these big data lakes that it's going to take for us to be able to be prepared for the next generation of research. And then thirdly, access to care. We very much feel as a team that we are going to be able to leverage this technology to push out even more healthcare into rural healthcare settings. One of my favorite things that I like to report on is a community of Marathon, Texas. It's down in the Big Bend area. They had not had a healthcare provider in almost a decade. They had an empty building and they reached out to our team in the Permian Basin and said, hey, using this telehealth stuff, can y'all help us get some healthcare here and Marathon. And we were like, absolutely. They have a clinic now that's open eight to five, Monday through Friday. They have community health workers who come in and help with the patients. And we're able now to provide healthcare in that community via telehealth from our Permian Basin Hub. So it's leveraging that technology to get access to care. Talking about technology, Nick, AI, artificial intelligence, it's here to stay. It is going to be a part of healthcare. How do we prepare our practitioners? Where's the right spot to make sure that we're high touch, but also high technology? And working with our practitioners, we want to be the home of evidence-based research of when it's appropriate to use technology and AI in healthcare and when it's not appropriate. With this last legislative session, our local legislators supported us with a $10 million gift. I wouldn't say gift. They're expecting things from it for our telehealth institute and digital innovation. We are going to be providing evidence-based research on the value of digital innovation and how that looks in patient care and when it's appropriate and not appropriate to use that technology. In thinking about these trends, paint me a picture of the future of the Health Sciences Center, say five or 10 years from now. 
The future of the Health Sciences Center is so bright. There's so many wonderful things that this institution is going to impact. Number one is the number one provider of healthcare providers for the entire state of Texas. The impact that we're going to have across the state of Texas and the future of healthcare is going to be far beyond the 108 counties of North and West Texas. When you think of OTs and PTs and speech language pathologists and nurses and PAs and pharmacists and physicians and researchers, you're going to be hard pressed to go into any healthcare facility in Texas and the surrounding area and not see a Texas Tech Health Sciences Center diploma hanging on the wall. There's a great deal of excitement about that, but there's also a high level of responsibility that comes with that. So that's tremendous impact. Also, we want to build the model of how we solve the problem of access to care in rural communities and leveraging technology to do that, looking at models that are successful, not just here in the United States, but in other countries. We're assembling an international team that has successfully been able to put healthcare in the continent of Africa. And if they can do it in Africa successfully and establish models, then we know that we can do that out here in West Texas and do it at a very high quality and a high level. The impact is going to be far-reaching, and it's such an honor to get to be a small part of that. For the listener out there that's interested in being an allied health professional, what advice do you have for them? Have a natural curiosity. Have a thirst for learning. If you have a child or you're listening today and you're an elementary school or middle school or even a high schooler, grasp those opportunities in the sciences and math. We need to continue to build science, technology, engineering, and math skills in our students. Education is going to look very different here in the coming decade. Embrace every opportunity you can to learn. Teach yourself how to learn and be a critical thinker because I will tell you some Sometimes that's the skill gap that we experience as students come into the Health Sciences Center is that they're very good with facts and numbers, but to be a really impactful healthcare provider, you have to be a lifelong learner and you have to be a critical thinker. Build those skills. As you've gone along your professional journey, who are individuals that you have looked to for mentorship? Some of my early mentors were my junior high and high school teachers. I was the only girl in the science club in junior high. And Mr. Gordon, he saw my love of science and of chemistry and encouraged me to join the science club and then basically wouldn't let me quit <laughs> and just fostered that. And then early in my career, I had women who saw things in me that I didn't see in myself yet and really encouraged me and gave me opportunities to do things that probably were beyond my skill set at the time, or I thought so, but really pushed me to do some things that I had never done before and take risk. The last 14, almost 15 years, one of the strongest mentors I've had that is full of wisdom and thoughtfulness is our chancellor. Ted Mitchell, just to his approach of life, his solidness, his servant's attitude is a wonderful mentor of leadership and how you lead teams and stay calm and thoughtful. One of his favorite things he likes to say is this too shall pass, not letting yourself get caught up in the drama of the day to day and just be a strong leader. I've just been very fortunate to come up through a system of key individuals who have mentored me. Lori, that's all the time that we have today. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Around Town. I'm your host, Nick Berkfeld. The show was produced by Chuck Luck. Our guest today was HSC President Lori Rice Spearman. Join us next Friday morning at 9 a.m. on 89.1. For more information on Around Town or to listen to previous episodes, visit ttupublicmedia.org.